five, four, three, two, one. Boom, we're live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We're live. New Year's Eve on a New Year's Eve, motherfuckers. We're here. Hopefully, did you guys hear the ad? I don't know if it automatically put the put the ad in there for them, but Anchor Radio ad. You heard it in the beginning, but I don't know. We'll we'll wait till we're done with the end of the podcast to hear it. But we are live, like I said. It's Monday, December thirty first. Yes, we are here. Yes, we are live. I said episode one sixty seven was gonna be our last episode of two thousand and eighteen, but we are. But nevertheless, we are here, and we're live, and we've got a great show. There's so much to talk about. I couldn't go without talking about what happened at UFC 232 without fucking trying to lose my mind and pull my head out of my hair, or my hair out of my head, excuse me. There's a lot of crazy shit, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of shocking shit to happen. That happened, excuse me, and I, I thought we couldn't go without talking about it. We couldn't end 2018 without a bang. Obviously, UFC ended to, uh, UFC ended to 2018 with a bang with UFC 232. Let's not waste any time. We got a lot of great shit to talk about. It's Monday, like I said. It's Monday, December 31st, the final day of 2018. What a year it's been for mixed martial arts world, for my own world, just the whole entire world is as a whole. A lot of interesting shits happen. A lot. It's been an eventful year. It's been a long one. I can't wait to move on to the next one. We got a lot of stuff coming up in the next new year. Um, the UFC has the ESPN deal. The final, you know, Fox show technically was the other day, last Saturday night. After the fights was great, you know the UFC's partnership with Fox was seven years spanning from 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 November of two thousand eleven till December of two thousand eighteen. Was a great time, a lot of stuff, a lot of great podcasts, a lot of episodes put out, a lot of stuff. Um, we finally returned with a brand new episode of segments. I mean, a few weeks ago. Um, we're ending the note. We're ending the show here on a positive note in 2018. Um, I said we could we couldn't go without talking about um, UFC 232 because it was just a frantic event. A lot of stuff happened. Obviously, John Jones defeats Alexander Gustafson for the second time, winning via TKO in the third round. He reclaims his light heavyweight title. Note, John Jones has won the title once against Mauricio Shogun Hua um, when he beat Ovin St. Prue, when he stopped Daniel Cormier in the rematch, and now when he beat Alexander Gustafson. Now, the Ovin St. Prue one was for the interim title. Um, the Daniel Cormier fight obviously was turned into a no contest, and now the Gustafson fight. Obviously, now he is the UFC light heavyweight champion yet again. Um, we'll talk about my concerns regarding that whole situation, the whole cloud of the drug tests, uh, the the controversy behind it, everything. I can, I'll voice all my concerns about that in a little bit. We got a lot of stuff to talk about to cover. Obviously, another champion was crowned in the co-main event. Amanda Nunes defeats Chris Seibart by first round knockout in under a minute. Amanda Nunes knocks out Chris Cyborg as fucking crazy as it is. She is the first female two-division simultaneous 
simultaneously two division champion in the UFC. Um, like I said, she defeated Chris Cyborg. That, that, that establishes her as the best female fighter on the planet. I'm sorry, but that is the truth. She defeats Chris Cyborg versus a first round knockout and when one of the most entertaining, you know, as long as it lasted knockouts, you know, they came charging in. They wasted no time. They were throwing hands like there were fireworks and boom. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Amanda Nunes was a more composed striker. She walked through Chris Cyborg's punches like there was nothing. She, you know, she came in she, aggressively. She landed bombs on Chris Cyborg, dropped her a couple times, and eventually, ultimately, got to the point where she she hit Chris Cyborg again and she rolled over and the fight was waved off. The fight was done. Amanda Nunes is the UFC's 145 pound female champion. She is the UFC's 135 pound champion. Congrats to Amanda Nunes. We'll talk about what's next for her um honorable mention walt harris defeats andrea lofty by split decision bj penn defeats ryan uh, excuse me ryan hall defeats bj penn via first round submission we'll talk about the career of bj penn i'll give my thoughts on if i think he should retire i have an interesting approach to it Okay, going back over to the main event, John Jones's win over Alexander Gustafson. I, I talked about the worries early on. Um, if John Jones fails his post fight his post fight UFC two thirty two test, what will happen? We all know what Dana will do if it happens. Dana said famously he will kill himself if John fails his next test. And Jesus Christ, Dana. Going a little bit too low with that one, but Jesus Christ. I mean, I feel what he feels. I mean, John Jones is like, we don't know what we're going to get with John now via the drug test. I mean, based off all the controversy in the past and what's going on, it's like, we just don't know. It's like we have to bite our nails worrying about is something going to happen with the whole John Jones situation again. So we'll talk about if he loses, you know, if he loses a light heavyweight belt again, I don't fucking know what's going to happen. Um, and how the failed test, his failed test early on, um, before, you know, the reason why Nevada didn't give him a license. And, you know, he was reported to have failed his, his test because of those small metabolites or whatever the fuck it is. I'm not going to get into, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to get into the details about the whole thing. But, you know, he failed the test. Um, he fought, obviously, even with the failed test. We don't know what's going to happen with the post-fight test because of the trace of supposedly his old failed test back in 2017. So it's a mess, man. I, I guarantee you it's a mess. So if, if anything happens, if he fails any tests after that and say his belt gets stripped, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So we'll talk about that. Um, drug tests and MMA. You know, there's a selfish side of me, like I said. I've said this many times, is that, you know, fuck drug tests. Let's let them all fight. Let them all battle. Let them all beat the shit out of each other. At the end of the day, it's all about... Um, you know, what's the best for the athletes, what's the safest, and drug tests in MMA are, you know, technically they're healthy, they're right, they're better, that's the best thing for them, that's the, that's the more, most professional thing that they can do in combat sports like this, so no one has advantages, because, you know, at the end of the day, if something were to happen to someone who wasn't on performance enhancers, a lot of us would sit back and talk about why this is happening, 
a lot of us will sit back and say, this isn't fair. You know, this guy should be fine. These people, there's already people calling for bans on from a sport for life and, you know, two year suspensions, four year suspension. It's a mess. This whole drug testing is a mess. Um, so, you know, it really takes away from the victory over Alexander Gustafson, in my opinion, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, what's next? This is exciting. This is my favorite part. What's next for the winners and the losers of UFC 232? John Jones will talk about what's next for John. Is he going to fight Anthony Smith next? Is he going to uh, fight Daniel Cormier at light heavyweight? Is he going to fight Cormier at a heavyweight? Interesting to think about what's next for him. Um, what's next for Alexander Gustafson? I'll give my thoughts on him, his performance, where he stands on light heavyweight division, and what's next. Look at us. Look how. Look at how fucking high we're on the show. Look how point spot on and how quickly and how fluid we are with with the whole introductions and all that that's something we're trying to work on here on this show and that's what we're going to be doing here in 2019 so what's next after that what's next for amanda nunez what's next for chris cyborg does chris cyborg get a media rematch i know yoana young jacek got a rematch after she lost rose famously the first time and the second time um who else got a rematch Connor got a re oh no no Connor didn't get a rematch never mind he who who was another one that got a rematch right after he lost uh Wonder Boy got a rematch Tyron Woodley uh no who was it I mean Yuana got a rematch why can't uh, Chris Cyborg get a rematch Anderson Silva got a rematch a lot of these famous athletes got a rematch. And that's the thing I'm going to argue because I do think we're going to get right into it. Not, not, we're not going to jump right into this straight away, but I do think Chris Ivor deserves a rematch and we'll talk about that. Michael Chiesa defeats Carlos Condit. I'll talk about how the loss of Condit um, affected me, how, how the win over Michael for Michael Chiesa, his debut successfully at 170 pounds was very impressive. That was a, a nasty uh, Kimura or whatever it was. He used one arm. Where uh, We'll talk about where he goes, how he stacks at 170 pounds. We'll talk about what's next for Carlos. It's one of those things when you see people you care about lose, what you think should be next are the reasons why. I'm not going to make excuses, but I'm going to give my thoughts on both sides. Uriah Hall has an excellent finish. Um, great post-fight speech as well. We'll talk about what's next for him. Uh, like I said, this is something else. Um, t- thoughts I'm seeing my favorite fighters lose. Um, you know, separating my bias. We'll talk about separating my biased thoughts about fights versus professional. Like, you know, if you have a favorite fighter fighting a, a, a absolute killer, a monster, basically, I'm going to actually give up all the valid points to why I think this can go this way or this fight can go that way. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's just going to knock him out, even though deep down I know what truly can happen if you really put it down and you really break it down professionally. So, like, have an ultimate fight. A fight breakdown. I dropped my phone. Sorry, and, um, and you know, be professional about it. So that's what I was kind of gonna do. But before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you don't know now, you know we are available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay FM, and Castbox FM, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, etc. Ladies and gentlemen. Add us on there. Follow me on Instagram at gmeeker underscore M-M-A. And we'll continue this on. 
follow me follow the podcast page on instagram as well at g meeker mma show and on twitter one more time at g meeker mma show one for our backup account snapchat at g meeker underscore mma and my fucking thoughts are i don't think anybody wants to hear every fucking thing to add unless you truly care but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right on to UFC 232. It was a crazy night. It was an eventful night. It was a dominant night for both for both male and female fighters in the main and co-main event. Let's not waste any time. Like I said, John Jones, get right into it. John Jones defeats Alexander Gustafson. It was a fun fight. Wasn't nearly as eventful as the first one. Obviously, both men are coming off a huge layoff. John Jones coming off the the drug test, uh, you know, the no contest, his stoppage win over Daniel Cormier in his last fight. Gustafson coming off an injury layoff, coming off a win over Glover Teixeira, one of the best performances in his entire career. Um, it was kind of weird. It was kind of surreal. I didn't. I didn't know. It didn't feel like there. It was. It was here. It didn't feel like it was truly happening. And to see them both in the cage in 2018 was just a crazy experience. It's a surreal experience. Um, both men. You know, Gustafson looked good early on. Um, John looked good. Looked kind of rusty early on. Eventually, got to his point where he was able to get into uh, takedowns. He got to good takedowns, and you know he he used that vintage ground and pound that he has. You know the ground and pound, the elbows that he used against Cormier when he stopped him, and he uses vintage ground and pound. And you know his great wrestling and his dominance to uh, his control on top to establish a good position, and you know essentially get to Gustafson to the point where he had no other choice but to you know quit basically because you know john got him in that bad spot john landed the vintage ground and pound from the back mount and um you know the fight essentially ended so john jones defeats gustafson for the second time captures the light heavyweight belt so 2018 ends we're on the final day and john jones is a ufc light heavyweight champion now we're going to bring something else up from later on in the show that we were, I just kind of jotted some notes down and I was talking about it and I was thinking about it, how this kind of scares me in a way, because I don't think my heart can take another John Jones fail. So if he loses his belt again, if his fight gets turned into no contest, if he fails a drug test, if anything happens and he is not victorious, he's not able to capture this win. He's in, he's in the champion in 2019. He fails a drug test. All hell's going to break loose in the MMA world, in the UFC world, in my world. You know, we've been with John Jones through the, the, the car accident, the, the being, the, the, the traffic ticket being busted for cocaine, pop, popping after his Oven St. Prue fight. Um, you know, beating Cormier, then failing his drug test. This whole thing is a mess. It's been a mess since the very beginning. A lot of John's career has been taken off due to him being suspended. And this is something, you know, John's Jones has been labeled as labeled as a cheater his entire career, basically now because of these drug test failures. Because of everything he's going through now. So there's going to be taint, there's going to be tainted supplements all over John's career. John Jones's career will forever be tainted because people are going to connect him to all those things that he just did, that he has done. So a lot of people didn't think he would make it to this fight. It's crazy. 
um, the whole drug test controversy, him not passing his tests, having trace amounts, not enough to really tie it to something. He wasn't ingesting it. It didn't seem like as if he was ingesting it constantly. It was just a tiny amount. You know, the, I don't pictogram or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, people are making little funny jokes on, on Twitter about that too. But, um, so that whole drug test thing, like I said, it, it, if it, it takes away from the victory because everybody's talking, you know, a couple of days before the fight, everybody's talking about John's Jones, his drug test fails, his failure. Why are they letting him fight? Why are they moving the UFC from Vegas to Los Angeles because of John Jones, blah, blah, blah. John Jones, this, John Jones, that. This, this is injustice. USADA is fake. Everyone's talking about they don't want USADA. USADA's paid off and all this shit and it's corrupt and all this different things. You know, like I said, this goes back to the, the Brock Lesnar thing. The UFC was aware of Brock Lesnar's failed test and he was still allowed to fight at UFC 200. It's corruption. So it's a huge corruption thing. And I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I'm happy. I'm, there's a side of me that's happy that John established dominance yet again. Uh, I'm happy that he was able to become successful against Alexander Gustafson yet again. He proved the doubters wrong. He proved the haters wrong. He was able to fight. We technically were able to see him fight. But if he's going to end his fight and another another fight's going to get turned to no contest. Because the California State Athletic Commission wasn't aware of his failed test from the other one. And they gave him a license to fight. So the whole thing's fishy. It's kind of like this whole thing was rushed. So the whole drug test failure, this whole controversy behind this whole thing really takes away from Jones's victory. You know, if, if, if it all comes to well, then, you know, he gets to walk into the sunset and we can talk about next, next potential matchups. You know, I sincerely pray and hope that John Jones' 2019 is as clean as it can get because we need the division to be back on track and we want to see John go up against these, these massive killers at 205 pounds. I mean, we got a killer in the name of Anthony Smith. We got uh, Tiago Santos. You got a, I mean, Latifi, he, he just lost. We got Corey Anderson. We got some viable matchups, but a matchup I think a lot of people would want to be seeing right now is a third fight with Cormier. And I think that makes all of good sense, but I think the best bet would be at heavyweight because I think that's where John would be more vulnerable because, because DC does have a lot more, you know, significant wins at heavyweight and a lot more dominant wins at heavyweight. And essentially that's where DC, correct me if I'm wrong, if DC's the better fighter, he's better when he's at heavyweight. So I think a third fight with DC makes the most sense. I don't know if that's what John wants to do. I don't know if that's what the UFC wants to do. I don't know if, more notably, I don't know if that's what Daniel Cormier wants to do. Sorry if I'm stuttering. I've been drinking a lot today, so. But yeah. It just really depends on both fighters. You know, it doesn't really seem like John wants that fight. He beat him twice, regardless of the no contest and all that. And that's where the drug test part comes in to play. Because, you know, aside from it, take away the fucking drug test. Yes, he beat him. No drug test. Take the entire thing away. We don't need drug tests. If there's no drug tests in MMA, we're not going to be having these conversations about USADA being corrupt. No, these motherfuckers on steroids are going to get beaten or they're going to do the beating. And yes, people can die. Bad things can happen. But it's the nature of the game. And for fuck's sakes, it messes up fun fights. I, I would be 100% behind paying them off to where they don't test John. But John has to pass his post-site test 
and that hasn't been released yet. UFC is gonna raise hell. We're all at fight as as fight fans, dude. We're gonna raise hell if this happens again. My fucking god. My life will be over. I will think about riding a motorcycle off the Grand Canyon and into a pointy fucking rock if that happens with John Jones again. It's insane, man. I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do as a fight fan and as a podcaster and as a fellow John Jones fan. I'm what am I just gonna put it to the side? Am I gonna pretend it doesn't happen? I'm just gonna pretend he beat Gustafson, which he did technically, and you know, he's still a champion. No one's better than John Jones. And these guys are just going to fight foo-foo for foo-foo interim, interim belts. Things don't make sense. If you don't beat John Jones at 205 pounds, you're not the man. I could sit there and think about it like that, but I'm not going to. So it does take away from the victory, but overall, we're going to separate from the drug test or talk about about the performance. It took John to get a little bit of time to get used to, to the timing and stuff. He hadn't been in the octagon for quite some time. Comes back. He looks good. Vintage ground to pound. John's getting some serious finishes. Technically, his finish over Cormier in his last fight and the fight with Gustafson are two dominant fit finishes. He finished two rematches against two opponents and he finished them. First fights, he fought Cormier. He he defeated Cormier by unanimous decision. He beat Gustafson in a very close fight by unanimous decision. But if you look at John's next two fights, he's win. He's won, excuse me, and he's won in an impressive fashion. He's looked good in impressive fashion. Dominant fights with ground and pound. Uses his head kick against Cormier. Uses his, his grappling and his ground and pound. You know, he looks for submissions or looks for, uses his ground and pound. So John looked good. Uh, what's next for John? I think um, I think a fight with Anthony Smith makes, makes a lot of sense. Or a fight with Cormier. If I had to vote, and I'm pretty sure if everyone that was in the MMA world, voted, I think that everybody should go for the third fight with Cormier, even though logically it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you look at Tito and Chuck, for example, Chuck blasted Tito Ortiz two times, and Tito came back the third time and beat him. Why can't the same be said about John Jones in DC at heavyweight? The fight has to be at heavyweight. If that happens, that will be the biggest fight the UFC can put together. And if they want to really... Get under ESPN's panties. If they really want to get inside of ESPN and really per- put the best fights on for them with their new brand new deal for 2019, I think putting John Jones, DC, heavyweight, number three. This one's for all the marbles. The baddest man on the planet. If John can beat DC at heavyweight, then John Jones is a motherfucking man. But if DC beats John, then that warrants another fight. DC, I'm sorry, you're going to have to put your remat- your retirement, you're going to have to push it to like July or August or 2020 when we have a new brand new president. Because we, we still have some fights left. DC is starting to look good. I'm not ready to dispatch what's next for Cormier because I think Cormier still is a fantastic fighter and I think that he should Still fight because look, if we have John Jones back in the mix, take away the drug tests, take away the bullshit, and here we go. We got a great fight on our hands. I'm really excited. This is a New Year's edition, man. I swear to God, this is the best shit we've done this year. I'm glad to be back recording via Anchor. We're live on Anchor Radio. We're here. G Meeker MMA Show, episode 168. So, for Jones. 
I'd like to see Cormier. If not Cormier, then I guess Anthony Smith. But doesn't get my balls hot, like Derek Lewis says. It doesn't get me excited. I don't see, I don't see uh, the point of it. Smith is deserving, but I want to see someone else. Or if I can't think about Smith, who else deserves it? Gustafson. He just eliminated his last possible challenge. Gustafson was the man. Not saying Gustafson can't be the champion. There's a side of me that thinks if John wasn't in the division and DC wasn't in the division, there was no John and no DC, I think Gustafson's the champion. Ooh, ooh, did I mention? We got one other name in the mix that we could potentially have back in 2019. Get ready. WME, IMG era. Um, UFC, um, Dana White, listen to this shit. Get Anthony Johnson in the mix. John Jones is the champion. If John Jones can keep his shit straight, if he can pass all the drug tests, you got to put Anthony Rumble Johnson in there. If he doesn't want to take the DC fight, uh, if Jones doesn't want to take the DC fight, if DC doesn't want the Jones fight, then quit playing around. Match make. Put Anthony Johnson in there against John Jones, and that's the best possible match you can do. I think that's the match that makes the most sense. I think Rumble Johnson hits like a fucking truck. I think John Jones would have a tough time with that kind of guy, and it's not a guy you can sit and bully. He doesn't, John Jones doesn't have the creative wrestling that Rumble does. John Jones has fantastic wrestling and grappling, but he doesn't put it together the way that DC did on Rumble. And I think stylistically, it would be a very different fight for both fighters. And that's the part that I like about it. That's the part that I think makes it more interesting. So if that's really what they're going to do in 2019, I think that's something they should. So we'll get back to John Jones a little bit later, though. Let's get on over to the co-main event. And unfortunately, this this co-main event was foreshadowed due to the John Jones situation because, but this was the firefight of the ages, man. This was the firefight. This was these two women hit like fucking trucks. We just got done watching. I just got done watching that earlier. Watch it over and over. The finish was spectacular from start to finish. These women wasted no time. They wasted no time. They both. Really, technically, went in there, you know, didn't touch gloves, you know, came in, started throwing bombs right off the bat. You know, it's ferocious. You didn't know if Amanda was going to get caught. I didn't know if Cyborg was going to get caught. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? Boom. Amanda Nunez ends up walking through Chris Cyborg's ultimate bombs and stops her in the first round. She knocks her out. Out of all the results, I never thought it would be her knocking her out in the first round. I mean, Amanda Nunes, she's beaten Misha Tate for the title. Um, she's beaten Valentina Shevchenko twice. Um, she knocked out Ronda Rousey, beat Raquel Pennington, just knocked out the best so-called female mixed martial artists in the planet, in the planet in the form of Chris Cyborg. So what she, what she was able to do was absolutely fantastic. So there you go. What's next for her? I don't know. You know, a lot of people are talking about the rematch. And I think that, like I said earlier, I think that what Chris Cyborg has been able to do throughout the um, her career, you know, she only had one loss. She didn't lost to things like 2005 or some shit like that. I don't, even, I don't even want to look it up right now, but she hadn't lost in so long. I mean, Barrow was granted a rematch. Uh, Uriah Faber was granted a rematch at one point. Frankie Edgar was was granted a rematch. Yuanyo Jacek was granted a rematch. Uh, DC was DC granted a rematch? No. Um, Kane Velasquez? No. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of rematches. Josie Aldo got a rematch. 
And mind you, these are great fighters. It's not some walk in the park. It's not some, some, some just some fighter who happened to become the champion. It's a, a reigning, a defending, dominant champion who's been dominant for years. Chris Cyborg. No one's ever thought about, I've never thought about Chris Cyborg losing. I've never thought of anyone that's been able to, to, to beat her other than Amanda Nunes. Cause Amanda Nunes is one of the best, if not the best female fighter on the planet. And I can switch my sayings around and officially promote it to saying she is the best. There's no other argument. So she's able to do this and she did it in a spectacular fashion. And now that she's done that, she's a two division champion. There's no, there's one solution. There's one fight that's interesting. I don't know if it will happen because she does have two victories over this particular person, but a third fight with Valentina Shevchenko would make some good sense. But, you know, I don't think Amanda Nunes can make flyweight at any point in time. She just got done fighting at 145 pounds. So I don't think she's going to be fighting in, uh, uh, fighting Valentina anytime soon. Um, who really is there at 145 or 135? Um, Holly Holm, she's uh, defeated. Uh, she's successful against Aspen Ladd. I think Holly Holm versus Amanda Nunes would be a fight. Those two have been in the division for quite some time, and I don't think they've ever crossed paths, so that could be a good fight for her. She looked dominant. Obviously, for Chris Cyborg, I think she deserves a rematch, too. I actually vowed to actually go train with her at her gym at one point in time and still have plans and envisions to do that. So I think she's she handled her, her her loss in the best class had the best class absolutely respect you know humble and, and victory or defeat after that fight so you know it makes me respect these fighters this is the most respectful you know it's a ruthless game it's an unforgiving sport but at the end of the day when these fighters have class like that I think it's um it's one of the best things you could do and, and best people to represent so um, a rematch for either f- female would be good Amanda Nunes. If not, I don't know who else she can go for it. Valentina, I don't know if that makes sense. You know, or Holly Holm or Chris Cyborg. So one of those three, Valentina, Chris Cyborg, or Amanda New or or, uh, or yeah, Valentina, Chris Cyborg, or um Holly Holm. There we go. Um all right, let's let's move on over to BJ Penn. BJ Penn versus Ryan Hall went down at 155 pounds. And last time we seen BJ Penn was against Dennis Seaver in his last fight. Um, obviously, it was, you know, we've watched BJ Penn fight for a very long time. And we've seen him, you know, through his best times when he knocked out Matt Hughes that second time was impressive, absolutely phenomenal. That was nasty. And the way he starched Kale Uno back in the day, um, when he beat the fuck out of Diego Sanchez, when he beat Kenny Florian, um, when he uh, fought his fights with George St. Pierre, they're all fantastic. He looked good. Um, obviously, he's had fights with Nick Diaz, he's had a fight with Rory McDonald, um, Yair Rodriguez, Frankie Edgar, obviously, um, Gray Maynard. I think, no, I don't think he fought Gray Maynard, but um, you know, BJ Penn has had a long and illustrious career, and I, I've got to say. You know, people have been leaning at him at at him for retirement, but you know, in this last fight, I think he simply got caught. And you look at Ryan Hall; you look at how good he is at jujitsu, with jujitsu, and you look at that roll he did, that heel hook. He grabbed that and he latched on. There's no getting out of that. First ever submission loss for BJ Penn. 
Um, he's 0-5 now. He's like 0-7, but 0-5. But um, it, it is a rough stretch. I thought he did look good. I thought when he used the grappling and initiating him up against the wall, up against the cage and stuff, and you know he was doing that in the stand-up. He was doing good on the stand-up, and he caught him a couple good times too. So it's hard for me to say. And a day after, I was just sitting up. I was upset. I was just thinking, you know, I hate seeing my favorites lose and. I, I, I don't want to say that it's the end for him. I, maybe one more. If, if if I have to be so keen about it, I think one more would go good. If one more would go good. Um, I think that if he doesn't, if he can't win this next one, then for sure be done. But Dana said he wants them to be done. But personally, I think that BJ Penn should uh, have at least one more fight at 155 pounds. Because physically, he looked good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. He looked good. Um, you know? Obviously, who, who, Ryan Hall hadn't fought in a while. He's he was six and one or seven and one at what at the, at that time. The last win was over Gray Maynard, uh, and then he beat Artem Lobov. He's winner of the Ultimate Fighter. He's one loss. Um, you know he wasn't. You know if, if it was gonna be a guy for Penn to come back against, I think it would have been Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall has good stand-up, too. He he used his stand-up to shut down Gray Maynard, that's for sure. And he had that awkward style, and he's kind of like an awkward kind of great submission specialist, for sure. So, Ryan Hall did good. So, my final parting thoughts for this is, I think, one more fight for BJ Penn. As much as people are going to hate me for saying that, a lot of people may not agree with this. Essentially, I think one more fight, because he didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. I don't think so. I thought I thought uh I thought he looked good as he needed to look against a guy like that. His stand up looked good. His move to Nova Uniao was one of the best things he can do. And let's see anything's possible. Never say never. A lot of people had just been thinking about his last few fights. Oh, I don't want to see that. Oh, I don't want to see this. Oh, he should be done. He should call it quits. It's over. I don't think so. Just one last fight. Other than that, if if he can't, if he just if he doesn't have it in his next fight, I will officially call it quits. But because he he looked good and he had shades, and because the fight was so good, it was you no know, not so so good. The fight was so short, but he had shades of doing good so early on. I think that I I can't I can't fully commit to saying he needs to retire. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, we already talked about this. Next thing. Um, so next up. On this episode of the G Make MMA Show, episode 168. So, what's next for the winners and losers of UFC 232? We already talked about, however, what's next for the champion, I light heavyweight John Jones. I really would like to see him fight Daniel Cormier for the third time. I know logically it doesn't make sense. He already beat him twice, second time most dominant, but it was a no contest, so. DC gets the opportunity to run it back with him. By all means, I'll, I would be completely favorable for that. Other than that, I don't really know who's next. Is it Anthony Smith? I mean, Corey Anderson just defeated a little Latifi, potential dangerous opponent, reminding me of a vintage uh, Swedish version of the champion at heavyweight, Daniel Cormier. Or Anthony Smith. I mean, he's a nasty contender. He just beat the guy. He beat the last guy that DC defended his belt against, Volkan. He submitted him. He has great grappling. He's a big guy. He has a lot of heart. He's aggressive. He has knockout power. Um, he has a chin of steel. Um, he has a lot of fights. He has more fights than John Jones, that's for sure. Um, more fights than DC. And you know what? Fuck it. By all means, we just sold a fight right on the air. 
Right on episode 168. Right on New Year's Eve. We just sold a fight. I just got myself excited. Rock hard. Rock hard for this fight now. Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith versus John Jones is a fight to make. Anthony Smith, he has the look of a professional mixed martial artist. I mean, obviously, you want to say he lost to Tiago Santos. You look at how good Tiago Santos is looking good, how good he looks at 205 pounds now. But this is Anthony, respectively, this is Anthony Smith's time because he looked good. He's looked good. He's just, he's made his claim. He's done what he needed to do at 205 pounds. Here we go. By all means, this is the next fight to make if John Jones doesn't get the fight with DC. Now, it's hard for me to kind of part and see which fight I don't, I rather would rather have. But I'm going to have to go with Anthony Smith or Daniel Cormier. So from the champion to the challenger, three-time challenger, 0-3 in his last his title fights. Um, Alexander Gustafson, you know, it's a, it's, a hard, it's a hard sport. This is a tough sport. I was thinking about it when I was watching this, these guys fight. I was just like, I can see these guys fight a million times because these guys are just so good. The sport is so fucking crazy anything can happen <coughs> and um all these guys are are highly talented these guys have ups they have downs i mean you look at the first fight with gustison jones it was as close as ever it was as fun as ever i mean you've seen gustison virtually beating everyone else except for you know if he everyone he's ever lost to in his last few fights have been john jones daniel cormier and rumble johnson John Jones again. Other than that, he hasn't lost. He lost to Phil Davis back in the day. Phil Davis, Rumble Johnson, John Jones, John Jones, Daniel Cormier. Other than that, he hasn't really lost. He's looked good. He was dominant. He's the only other guy I think is a champion. So if you look at the active 205-pound list of the best of the GOATs, has to be John, Daniel Cormier, Gustafson. Respectively, add Anthony Smith to that list, but you know, you got to look at the performances. I mean, you look at the fights that Gustafson had, and I don't necessarily think he's done with title shots. He's got to win a couple fights, like, like Dana was saying at the press conference. By the way, I like watching those press conferences. They're actually really fucking entertaining with the Dana White pressers. Those are awesome. So, um, we'll get to see that, hopefully. Um, Gustafson comes back, and I think he could rebound. Um, I think maybe a fight with Volkan Ozdemir. They were originally supposed to fight in L.A. Um, that doesn't happen. Hopefully that can happen maybe for the next fight. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to give him anyone that's too, you know, on a hot streak right now. Maybe a guy coming off of a loss maybe early on next year. Because Gustafson didn't. He seemed like he was, you know, in good spirits after the fight, even despite the loss. Despite the third time he has failed to capture a, two, a, a light heavyweight title in a title fight. And he's come up short. And he came up short in his hometown. He came up short against Cormier. He came up short against Jones the first time. And he came up short against Jones the second time for this third shot at UFC Gold. So it's an unfortunate thing for Gustafson. I really feel for the guy. He's a great guy. He's one of the best in the world. And I do think he's number two. You know, aside from John, if DC is not at 205 pounds, best two two light heavyweights in the division, despite the rankings, despite the win streaks, I think it's John Jones and I think it's Alexander Gustafson. So those two are amongst two of the best in the world. So I think uh, Gustafson should fight, you know, maybe, uh, maybe um, Gustafson versus... Uh, Maybe like a Tiago Santos or Augustus versus, you know, 
Reyes. Gustafson versus Reyes seems to sound good. I like that. Gustafson Reyes. Um, yeah, John Jones, either DC or Anthony Smith. So let's get on over to the co-main event again. Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg. We talked about it potentially having a rematch. Should Chris Cyborg have a rematch? I necessarily do think so. I don't know if she's a free agent. I don't know if it was, what I read correctly was that she was a free agent or this was her last fight and she, she had one more fight and she was a free agent or if this was her last fight. I don't know. They have that whole period of negotiating, renegotiating, and then entering free agency and blah, blah, blah. You know the whole deal. So is that hopefully she resigns because we do need Chris Cyborg. Um, obviously, the division at 145 pounds isn't necessarily too hot and she couldn't go on a long streak like, say, Demetrius Johnson did or Joe. Jose Aldo or John Jones did when they were in their respective reigns and stuff. There's because there's not too many crazy 145 pound fights out there. But, you know, it would be nice to have her still in the UFC because I'm still kind of getting used to her being in the UFC. It's still kind of weird that the fact that she lost and stuff. So it's just been kind of different for me. So it's kind of interesting to see. But um, definitely wish and see that there's a rematch. Because it was such a she she had a loss before this, so she hadn't lost. Um, she gets Starch Bear Amanda Nunes in less than a minute, a couple minutes. Um, I think the best the best fight, you know, it would be two. You know, I think she learned her lesson, and I'd like to see a rematch because it's not like Cyborg to rush in like that. It's just that it was an adrenaline dump. She ran in there recklessly. She thought she could walk through Amanda's punches, but Amanda Nunes puts men away on a daily day to day basis. She doesn't. Some of the men can't spar with her because she's putting a beating on them. Amanda Nunes hits like a fucking man. Those long, snappy punches, those powerful punches, those vintage Mike Tyson pop, pop, pop punches. You know, she has that precision, that snap, that nasty end snap to her punches. And, you know, it's devastating punches. You know, she's she's nasty. So I don't I don't I don't know if anybody wants to line up to fight Amanda Nunes anytime soon. But um, if not, like I said, Holly Holm or if uh, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg or she wants to have a super fight. She's in the business of having super fights. Valentina versus Amanda Nunes three to make that happen. You want to keep adding rematches, maybe have it on the same card that Jones and um, DC will fight on for the third time. Amanda Jones, DC, Amanda, Valentina three. Look at me. Just drop in promos here on this podcast left and right, man. I suggested uh, Smith versus Jones, and now I'm suggesting Amanda versus Valentina number three. Man, the UFC should credential me, I swear to God, because it's like, I'm putting all the best matchups together while enjoying a, while enjoying the cup with spiced rum via Captain Morgan, baby. But yeah, that, that, I mean, what other fights are there to make? Megan Anderson. I mean, she did beat. Uh, she did beat Kat Sangano. She beat Kat Sangano. It was a. Uh, Obviously, toe to the eye wasn't really one of the most flashiest victories. It's not like she knocked her out in the first round and put her away. There was some controversy. I did think it should have been no contest. It was an accidental eye poke, essentially, with the toe. Toe poke, accidental toe poke. That's funny. And I don't know if that 
should be counted as a win. It was an unfortunate win. I'm glad to see Megan get her first victory, unfortunately, inside the octagon. Not unfortunately, just the way that it happened. I'm just happy to see her get a win because her first fight with Holly Holm was in a kind of a beatdown. Holly Holm beat the fuck out of Megan Anderson. Just took her down and beat her down at will. And so, yeah, Amanda Nunez, Holly Holm, that's an excellent fight. I mean, Holly Holm looked good against Megan Anderson, so I can't imagine how good Holly looks at 145 pounds against Amanda. That all depends on what Amanda's going to do. She's going to defend both belts, what the UFC's going to plan on doing with her in 2019. It's an interesting, interesting show. Hopefully, it's not going to be a shit show like the rest of the belts, like the flyweight belt, like the bantamweight belt, like the welterweight belt. It's just been a crazy fucking year. I'm ready to get on to 2019. Bring on ESPN. Let's go. 2019 UFC. Let's go, baby. We got to do this. Okay. Welterweight time. Okay. Michael Chiesa defeats Carlos Condit by submission. Carlos Condit's been submitted in his last couple fights. The fight with uh, Damian Maya. I mean, he got beaten by Neil Magny. Lopsided fight. And then I think Cowboy Cowboy Oliveira defeated him as well. Let me pull up his... uh, Let me pull up his, uh, his Wikipedia. It's been a rough stretch for Carlos Condit, man. Everyone's been taking him down and, and choking him out. I mean, he hasn't really been submitted in a long last time other than the times he's got submitted. If not, I'm not mistaken, Cowboy Oliveira beat him. Neil Magny beat him. Um, and he just lost to Michael Chiesa by submission as well. So it's been a rough stretch for the natural born killer. And it, it sucks because it, those are the kinds of people you really want to see get victories. It's an unfortunate thing. It, it sucks to go through as a fight fan. It sucks to watch. It sucks to, you know, think, when are they going to get their next victory? Are they ever going to get a victory? Are they ever going to look the same? And we go through it as fight fans. We wonder about when the, when our favorite fighters are going to get victories, if they're ever going to look the same. I was praying. I was hope, Hopefully, I was gunning for BJ Penn to be successful. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I, I believe in Carlos. I think they need to stop giving him solid grapplers. I thought if Kiesa was going to win, it was going to be by submission. And, and ultimately, Kiesa was victorious by submission. So, you know, congrats to him. He looks good. He's not killing himself to make 155 pounds. Kiesa's a real player at 175 pounds. Well, 170 pounds, excuse me. Give him Cowboy Oliveira next. Mm, pulling up Carlos Condit's Wikipedia real quick. A couple more things. We'll get into what we're doing for New Year's. And then we'll get you guys on your way. Yeah, he lost against Michael Chiesa. Yeah, he lost by Cow- to Cowboy Oliveira before that. Um, Yeah, it really sucks, man. It really sucks to see where Condit was. And... um. You know, seeing them lose like that because it's like you love these guys so much. You like watching them fight for so long. And now we don't. Now we get to see them when, you know, maybe it's towards the end. Hopefully it's not the way we think about it. Okay, but he's getting, he's getting submitted. He's not getting knocked out. So that gives me a pass. It just, he's just got to figure this shit out. Damn. Looking at it, man, he has not won a fight since 2015. 
His last fight, he lost to Cowboy Oliveira. Submission, guillotine choke. Second round, Neil Magny. Then he, bought, he lost to Damian Maya before that in 2016. And then before that, he lost to Robbie Lawler by, by a split decision. Beat Tiago Alves before that, Dr. Stoppage. Lost to Tyron Woodley before that, TKL knee injury. So it's been a rough few years for Carlos. I don't like to sit here. I don't like to talk about if it's next. I just don't feel they're done. It's it's simple things. He's getting choked out. He's gotten submitted. Um, he's not getting knocked out. He still has never been knocked out in his career for almost 40-plus fights. Um, I think he has 40-plus fights, plus the, the other fights, amateur fights and stuff like that. But, um. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, there's no business. I don't have any business to say if I feel that like he should be done because I don't think so. I mean, look, he, he, he's had some close fights. He's had some fucking people take him down and submit him. And if you're, if you're, if you're fearing of what someone's going to do to you, you got to go and, and, and work that. You got to work your takedown defense. He looked good. Um, Michael Chiesa is a great fucking grappler. I mean, Carlos, I don't want to say that Carlos is towards the end, but. You gotta stop giving people who are on the up. You gotta give Carlos somebody that he can have a stand stand with. Not someone who's just gonna choke them all out. Because at the end of the day, Bob 1, Bob 2, and Bob 3 are all gonna have submission wins over Condit because they're superior grapplers. Damian Maya submitted Carlos Condit. Carlos, uh, Charles, or whatever the fuck his name is, Cowboy Oliveira, who just had a fucking grenade blow off next to him, just beat Carlos Condit. Um, who else? Everyone else is going to have a submission win over Condit. Okay, doesn't impress me? Maybe so. But you got to stop giving Carlos those kinds of people. So I don't know who could be next for him. Um, Car- Condit versus Means. Tim Means, Carlos Condit, maybe. That that seems like a good fight to put together. Um, both men, I don't, I don't know if they're both coming off a lot. I think Tim Means coming off a knockout win. But you can still put Carlos against Means because I'm pretty sure they're going to be throwing elbows. Some of the best elbows. Maybe Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown can happen now or something like that. I don't know. I want to see a stand-up war with Condit. I don't think he's done. Ryan Hall, BJ Penn. I don't know. It's kind of tough to see where who you would want for Ryan Hall next. Grappler versus grappler. Ryan Hall's at 155. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's got some exciting fights coming up, though. You got Jeremy Stevens versus Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Hanato Moinkano. TJ Dillashaw versus... Uh, Henry Cejudo for the flyweight belt. Can TJ be the next guy to simultaneously grab two division to be a two division champion? It's going to be a serious trend in the sport in 2019. So be curious to know what happens. So for Ryan Hall, um, I don't know. I don't know who's out there. A good grappler, a grappler, someone what's going to grapple with them. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking about his experience and how he doesn't have too much. I mean, beat Gray Maynard. BBJ Penn, maybe a Nick Lentz or something at 155 pounds. That would be interesting. Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe that. BJ Penn, um, I don't know. Who can BJ Penn fight? I don't know. If, I don't. I can't think of any specific person that would be a safe fight for BJ Penn. I mean, I, I don't want to say he's done after that kind of fight. I'd almost want to see a rematch. Because I, don't, I can't think of any other fight. If I think of think maybe Diego Sanchez number two, I don't know. Who knows? Who who fucking knows? 
I don't know. I can't think right now. Now, uh, continuing in the road of the halls, deck the halls, motherfucker, Jiraiya Hall knocks his opponent out. I don't remember the opponent's name. My fault. Don't get offended. Um, Uriah Hall, I wanted to see him fight Bisping a long time ago. Um, Uriah Hall, I don't, who should Uriah fight next? He just lost to Borachina before that, I mean, the Brunson loss. Um, he beat Christoph Jotko. Um, Uriah Hall versus, I don't know who Uriah Hall should fight next. Um, he had the f famous win over Musasi, the spinning back kick. Musasi leaned right into it. He ca caught him right on the jawline and finished that. That was the biggest win of his career. Uh, maybe a Chris Weidman rematch or something like that. I don't know. Chris Weidman versus Hall. Weidman versus Hall, Battle of the New Yorkers. Who knows? Maybe that would be a fight to make. I don't know. Uriah Hall is like one of those guys that when he's on, he's on, and he can catch you at any any point in time and end the fight. He's a dangerous fighter. He's a dangerous competitor. It's fucking crazy. He can end the fight at any time. So, uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Congrats to all the winners, for sure. I mean, it's been a crazy-ass year for sure in 2018. A lot of huge fights, a lot of breakout fights, and I know a lot of people traditionally will do breakout stars of the year, knockout of the year. Let's talk about a couple of them. I think the knockout of the year has to be the the um, Brian Ortega versus Frankie Edgar. That's my knockout of the year because no one had ever done that to Frankie because Brian Ortega was a jiu-jitsu guy. People are looking at him as a jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he knocked out Clay Guida. He has had some stoppage wins, some submission wins. But to fight Frankie Edgar and to knock Frankie Edgar out, being the only knockout loss and stoppage loss of Frankie's career on the stage that it was, who he did it to, the way he did it, the fact that no one's been able to do that to Frankie. Frankie's been hurt. He's been tagged. He's been in trouble. And he's never been stopped like that. So it's, it was pretty fucking insane for that to happen. So I say my number one up knockout upset knockout of the year has to be Ortega versus Edgar. Um, upset of the year, I think, was... I don't know. I can't think. Upset of the year. Who could, who could be in the good in my candidate for upset of the year? Hmm... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I never thought I'd be put on the spot like this. Breakout star of the year. Hmm. I think maybe Yair Rodriguez. Comeback of the year probably goes to Yeah, for sure. That that overhand elbow, like the final seconds of the fifth round, the way he's able to do that, that can almost be tied in for knockout of the year. Finishes I mean you. I mean, you can go back to last Saturday night and look at Amanda Nunez. I didn't hop on and talk about all the favorite ones. I'm just gonna say the ones that I thought were impressive. There's been so many fights this year, a lot of different shit, a lot of stuff to talk about. There's like oh, too many things to discuss to try to really capstone on which one was your favorite. There's tell me so many, but I have to say that Amanda Nunez performance with Chris Cyborg, um, you know, John Jones returning. 
Daniel Cormier's success. Fighter of the year goes to Cormier for sure. Being two division champion, heavyweight, light heavyweight champion, um, knocking out Stipe the way he did. No one ever, no one's ever really flatlined Stipe the way he did. Um, how not, how, how devastating he looked. I mean, Der- Derek Lewis blew up in his 2018. His Instagram was very popular. Um, his fighting style, you know, his comeback over Volkov was pretty impressive too. So that could be listed under honorable mention as well. So I don't know. But yeah, we got uh, five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. So, like I said, New Year's Eve. You see here, got a nice fire going. Gonna smoke some good weed. Gonna drink. Have some good. Have a good time. Reminisce. Talk about. Think about what's good for next year. Talk about what's good for next year. The goals. The aspirations. New Year's resolutions. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of interesting stuff, a lot of things, a lot of things to catch up on, a lot of great stuff. We've had a great year for podcasts, too, so we'll be back next year for sure, and I can't wait. First week of next year, we will be back next week. We'll just be back next week, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't have to worry about it. So, like I said, that is all for today. I don't have any parting ways, music, or anything to, to get us out of here, but I do appreciate each and every one of you guys joining us here on this episode of the G Maker MMA Show, episode 168, New Year's edition. It was a great show, great time, had a lot of fun. And alas, 2018 is going to be complete by the next time we speak. So 2018 resolution, focus more on myself, put more effort into myself versus anyone else, because I know that I will cherish my time and I will cherish all the things that I want to be doing. And I won't be heartbroken or hurt by other people because I'm investing time in them and they're not doing the same because not everybody has the same intentions for you as you do for them. So that is a big one. I posted it a couple times on my social media. Follow me on my new Instagram coming back from being disabled at gmeeker underscore MMA. We're building the account up at gmeeker MMA show on Instagram Twitter.com slash gmeekermma and Twitter.com slash gmeekermma show and Twitter.com slash gmeekermma show one. We are available on Spotify for stream. We're available on iHeartRadio, Podbay.fm, Podbean.fm, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts as well, Spotify. Like I said, again, it was a great year. Episode 168, we just wrapped that shit up. It was one of the best episodes we did. We went out with a bang. Thanks to Anchor Radio. Thanks to everybody that supports me. Follow me. Have a good, happy New Year's. Stay safe. Don't do drugs. Not the bad ones, at least. Have a good time. If you go out and have a party, take an Uber home. Have a best friend. Have a driver, a designated driver. Have good. Have a good time with their family. Don't drink too much, ladies and gentlemen. Because this is the final time we're going to be on for 2018. Unless some fucking meteor hits and we're announcing aliens or some shit like that. But other than that, no. We're out of here, ladies and gentlemen. So, G Meeker MMA out, baby. See you all next year. Happy New Year's, motherfuckers.